Hello, everyone, and welcome into this edition of the Sports Detective Podcast, hosted by yours truly, James Williams. And we are going to get this started here a little bit. Going to be talking about the most impactful American Basketball Association transactions, their biggest moves that they had as a league. Maybe biggest player moves that they had as a league. But before I get into that, I just wanted to say I appreciate the support. Last week's Chicago Bears pod was the most successful one that we've had so far. It's probably the topic. It also was the one that required the most work. It's the one that I grinded the most for. It's the one I put the most pride in. Obviously, things you can tinker here and there about it. But I enjoyed it. If you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to it. Probably the best work that we've done here. With that being said, I was trying to do something like that this week. A topic where I researched a lot. But I was recording it last night, and I was editing it last night, and about halfway through editing it, I just said, this sucks. So what I did, I just scrapped it and said, I'm not going to put something out there that sucks. At least that I think it sucks. Not to say that this won't, it can't get better, and it can't be great, and it can't be put out there. As of right now, it's not going to be put out there. So we changed our course, and I wanted to talk a little bit of the American Basketball Association history with you guys, because I don't think a lot of people know about it, because it was 50 years ago. It was the not-talked-about league, not much people were covering the league back then. So I just wanted to educate some people on a few of these big, impactful player moves that they made that helped change these players careers it helped change professional basketball it helped change that league it impacted a lot of these guys lives and it impacted basketball lives and how we view teams and how we view people so without a further ado i'm just going to get right into it here is the biggest most impactful american basketball association moves ever okay let's get right into it the most impactful signings of the american basketball association for those of you who don't know the american basketball association was the second professional basketball league that started in the late 60s ended in the mid 70s so it was around for nine years and this league was very impactful because it brought us the three-point shot they also used a red, white, and blue ball. Not as important, but cool fun fact. They also started keeping track of blocks and steals before any other basketball league. And they also did another thing that I will address later in this podcast with one of these signings. So I just want to jump right into it. The first big impactful signing from the ABA was Connie Hawkins. Connie Hawkins, you probably think hey that name sounds familiar yeah connie hawkins was his story was sad and then good he was allegedly 
allegedly involved in a point-shaving scandal in the early 60s in college basketball. He's eventually, because of this ties to this scandal, Connie Hawkins is banned from basketball. The NCAA says, nope, you're gone from here. And as well as the NBA says, nope, we're not allowing you in your league. So Connie Hawkins is this guy that's not playing basketball for years. He has to go and work in Pittsburgh, and he has this like factory job, not making that much money, but it's okay. He's getting by, just like several Americans do. All of a sudden, this new league pops up. It's called the American Basketball Association, and they have a team that's starting up in Pittsburgh. Connie Hawkins is a little hesitant to go into this league he's like i'm not sure i don't know if i want to go back to basketball i have this good factory job i'm doing okay but they said hey you're gonna make more money doing this in basketball so he ends up going to basketball and it revitalizes his basketball life in the first year of the aba he leads the league in scoring he wins the league mvp and people are like oh my god connie hawkins is amazing. I think he stays like another year in the ABA. Then he goes to the NBA. His first year in the NBA makes an all-star team and his first team all NBA. He plays there in Phoenix for a few years, gets enough accolades, enough stats to get him to be a hall of fame, a professional basketball hall of famer. So that's where the story turns great. So great. That's the first big impactful signing of the ABA was the hall because it gave Connie Hawkins a chance to be in the hall of fame. And that's awesome. The next big signing. So the ABA starts out, right? The American basketball association and they try and get these players from college guys who may have used to be in the NBA. They're trying to get players and they realize we need actual NBA players. That's the best way for us to get noticed by the NBA because the whole point of the league was to force a merger with the NBA because they wanted to buy in on this lower-level basketball league and then have the NBA usurp them, and then they can get into the real big money in the NBA. So they're like, we need to get some of the NBA's players. We need to get some of their stars to come over here. And the first big star to jump from the NBA to the ABA was Rick Barry. Rick Barry, another name that probably sounds familiar. He's a top 30 player of all time. He was really good, a shooter, a scorer. And this was actually a really big jump at the time because he didn't jump like at the end of his career. He jumped when he was 23. He leaves the University of Miami. Well, I guess he graduates, comes to the San Francisco Warriors, plays well there, In his second season, he leads them to the NBA Finals. He leads the league in scoring with 35 points, and they lose in the NBA Finals. So after all of that, after that amazing accomplishment, in the better league, the more established league, let me tell you, he does that there. He decides to jump to the ABA. And why does he jump to the ABA, you may ask? It wasn't for more money. He was getting paid the same amount. He was just going across the bay to Oakland. He was going to Oakland. He was going to the Oakland Oaks. What a name. Of the ABA. And why did he go there? He's going there because the Oakland Oaks hired his college coach, 
who was also his father-in-law to be the head coach of the Oakland Oaks. However, this story takes a turn when the NBA takes Rick Barry to court and says, no, you're still under contract with us. You are not playing in another league. So he actually sits out a year. He loses a year of his prime, his young early 20s prime, to jump leagues. This gets even worse the year that he sits out. They fire the coach. So the whole reason Rick Barry jumps leagues is because of this coach who was his father-in-law. He jumps leagues. They fire him. Then the Oakland Oaks, they are there for another year. They end up getting some good players around Rick Barry. They actually win the title, but the franchise was poorly run. They were broke, so the team was sold. And then the guy that bought the team moved them across the country to Washington, D.C. So that was the first big jump for the ABA because, first off, impactful for Rick Barry's career because what happens if he stays in the NBA all those years? Who knows? Maybe we look at him a lot differently if his career was all NBA because then he didn't jump the, come back to the NBA again until 1972 and they eventually win the NBA championship a few years later. Okay, the next impactful signing. And this is actually probably one of the biggest signings in the history of basketball. And this was the signing of Spencer Haywood. Now, most of you probably don't even know who that is. But he was very important. You probably think, oh, I don't know who he was. He must not be that important. Here's why Spencer Haywood was important. He was the first player to jump from college he left college early he jumped from college to the a professional sports league he was the first guy to do that in basketball and everyone freaked out the ncaa was mad the nba was even madder and this actually went to court and the courts ruled this guy has a right to go and play professionally and make a living just like any other person that's in college can leave to go make a living. So they ruled that, and that was why it was the most impactful signing ever. Because the ABA also filed this as a hardship case where they said he's comes from a poor family, so he needs to leave college so he can make money for his family. So he leaves, comes to the ABA, is part of the Denver Rockets, who did not become the Houston Rockets, by the way. They ended up becoming the Denver Nuggets a few years later. Haywood's on the Rockets for a year. Balls out. Averages 30-19. and Wins the league MVP of the American Basketball Association. Then after that season, he says, Peace out. I'm going to the NBA for a bunch more money. Goes to Seattle. Plays on Seattle for a few years is awesome, makes some all-star teams, makes some all-NBA appearances. Then after that, he bounces around the league, goes to the Knicks, goes to New Orleans Jazz, was actually on the Lakers when they won the championship in 1980, ends up being on the Bulls for years, he retires. But that's why Spencer Haywood was so important, because the ABA started a ripple effect then, and that's how the ABA was actually got a lot of their talent. A lot of these guys just left. Like Dr. J, 
He left after two years of college. George Gervin. Moses Malone didn't even go to college. He was the first guy to go straight from high school to the league. And he went to the ABA. So that's why Spencer Haywood is so important. He caused this ripple effect to have people leave college early. And that has changed basketball for the past 40 to 50 years. Especially in this past 20 years with the whole one and done thing. So Spencer Haywood, probably one of the most impactful signings ever even though we really don't remember him that much. He was a Hall of Famer, though, which also makes the case for all of the people that say the Basketball Hall of Fame will let anyone in, because Spencer Haywood was only a five-time All-Star and was pretty much done by the time he was in his late 20s, but whatever. The next big, impactful transaction of the ABA, this one was actually... I guess it was a trade, kind of, maybe, whatever. George Gervin being sold from the Virginia Squires to the San Antonio Spurs. There's one thing you know about the Virginia Squires, is that they were just horribly run. So the Virginia Squires were the Oakland Oaks team that I was just talking about. They got moved to Washington. They're there for like a year or two. Then they get moved to Virginia, which is where they stay for the rest of the ABA, and then they fold right after the last season and aren't even a part of the merger. The Virginia Squires at one point had Rick Barry, because Rick Barry was there for Virginia, and then he said, I don't want to live in Virginia because I don't want my kids to have a Southern accent, but that's just Rick Barry. They also ended up having Julius Irving, which he's going to be on... He'll be the next one, but I'm not going to talk about how he got sold to the Nets. But the same thing happened here with George Gervin. So these guys had three players. They ended up getting three players that end up being top 40 guys all time. Debatably top 30 for all of them, except for maybe George Gervin. He might be slightly outside of that. The Virginia Squires were just broke all the time. They weren't making money, but they would find this talent, and then they'd get into these financial holes, but then they would sell, so they get out of these financial troubles that they dug themselves in, they would sell these guys that were awesome for big money so that they could cover the fire that was their red finances, and that's how George Gervin got to the Spurs. George Gervin, 12-time All-Star, four-time scoring champ. Also, all of his scoring champs were in the NBA. He had one season where he dropped 33 a night. Seven-time All-NBA. He made an All-ABA team twice. He made the All-ABA team, like All-All-Time ABA team. He was awesome. They called him the Iceman, which probably one of the best nicknames ever. And until David Robinson came around... And then Tim Duncan, he was the best player in San Antonio Spurs history. And he's probably top three still all time, unless you would give maybe Kawhi Leonard the nod over him. But San Antonio probably doesn't like Kawhi Leonard that much because he left. So George Gervin, that signing set the Spurs into the NBA 
in the late 70s and then into the 80s and it propelled them they've been pretty much successful their whole time being a franchise so that started with George Gervin so that's why it's an impactful I don't remember if I mentioned this at the top these are the most impactful that we look back on now and we say that was a big move I really don't care about the Kentucky Colonels yeah, that was their name, getting Dan Eisel and then winning the 1975 ABA championship. I really don't care about that. The next one, and this was this transaction I'm about to say wasn't even an ABA transaction, an NBA transaction, but it was a result of the ABA-NBA merger. And this was Dr. J, Julius Irvin, to the Philadelphia 76ers. Is Dr. J the best Philadelphia 76er ever? He's probably also the best New York Net player ever, unless you would say Jason Kidd or maybe even now Kevin Durant. So Dr. J, he gets into the ABA on the Virginia Squires, like I said. They end up selling him to the New York franchise. And he's with this New York franchise for a while, and when he's there, they win two championships. He gets a few MVPs. The whole reason for the merger, or maybe not the whole reason, but the biggest reason for the merger was Dr. J. Because in 1976, Dr. J is one of the one or two most important basketball players at the time. It was just him and Kareem and then a few other guys. So Dr. J was huge. He was pivotal for this merger. That's why the NBA, he was Showtime, he was Dunks, he was craziness, he was awesome, he was posters, he was incredible, he was awesome, he was the reason that the ABA was successful as it was. So they merge. These teams merge. They take The NBA takes four teams. They take the New York Nets, they take the Indiana Pacers, they take the San Antonio Spurs, and they take the Denver Nuggets. They scrap the other teams. They say, we don't want you. They do some settlements, all this stuff. But the ABA team still had to pay a price to get into the NBA. They paid a 30, or excuse me, a $3.2 million fee to get in. And then if you're the New York Nets, there's this other team in New York called the Knicks. You're in their territory. So if you want to stay in their territory, you have to pay this fee which is about $5 million. Also important to point out that when all of these ABA teams join the NBA, they're broke. A lot of these places don't have money. Maybe their owners have some money, but most of these teams really don't have money, which is kind of the importance of the merger because they needed the NBA to be more profitable. And instead of competing against each other, they united and became a juggernaut. So the Nets have $8 million they have to pay to get into the NBA. So they're in financial trouble. They're in the red. They're in trouble. They're in fear of folding the franchise because of all of these fees that they have to do. The Nets are in trouble. So they call the Knicks. And they call the Knicks and say, if you give us $5 million, we will give you Dr. J. We need to have money so we can pay these fees so we can be a part of this league. 
and the Knicks say $5 million for like the best player in basketball, who do you think we are? We're the Knicks. We don't want to succeed. That wasn't actually how it happened, but you get my point. Knicks turned them down. So the Nets turn to the Philadelphia 76ers, and they say, do you want Dr. J? They say, yeah, we give you $3 million for him. The Nets say, cool. So they sell Dr. J to the Philadelphia 76ers for $3 million. He plays there the rest of his career. They win a finals. He's awesome. He's important in the city of Philadelphia. Probably one of the most famous Philadelphian athletes that the city has ever had. And that was Dr. J. And that was one of the biggest transactions that the ABA was a part of in some fashion. So I saved this one for last. Mostly because it isn't a ABA transaction. It was a almost ABA transaction. And this was impactful because it also changed basketball. And if this signing went differently, basketball would look different today. Maybe this professional sports league wouldn't be around. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe it would be called the ABA. And this almost signing for the ABA was the signing excuse me, almost signing of Luol Cinder, a.k.a. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Luol Cinder graduates from UCLA. He has one of the greatest college careers ever by a basketball player, and that is still the case. At the time, probably the best. There's these two basketball leagues that both want his services. He gets drafted by the Milwaukee Bucks of the NBA. He also gets drafted with the first pick in the ABA by the New York franchise. This was actually important because the New York franchise sucked, but also because Kareem was from New York. So he would essentially be going home. And it's also the factor of, do you want to live in Milwaukee or do you want to live in New York? Both are cold, but New York's New York. And New York is also home. People might be listening to this now and say, why would Kareem ever join the ABA? That just seems weird. This was actually a lot closer to happening than not happening. He sets up meetings with both of the leagues, and he has the mindset of, I am going to wait, and I'm going to see which league gives me the best offer. He meets with the ABA. The ABA designs this plan. They come up with this plan because they know that the NBA is more established. They have more money. They can outbid them. But can we do something to sway Luol Cinder to come to the ABA? Obviously, the New York appeal is one thing. The ABA goes out and they get the certified check for $1 million. A million dollars is worth a lot back then than it is now, even though it's still worth a lot now. Worth a heck of a lot more back then. The idea was... You have a meeting with him, and you say, we are going to drop this check right here. We're cutting through all the BS. Slide it over. It's a million dollars. You go to the bank. You cash that. 
you're an instant millionaire. The idea of becoming an instant millionaire, I think, for anybody is probably very appealing. The only problem was George Mikan, the commissioner and the New York Nets owner in this meeting, they'd never pulled out the check. They offered him, they talked to them for a while, and they're like, we'll give you four years, $1 million. Like, okay, whatever. They leave. They leave. All the smart people weren't involved in this meeting. They talked to Mikan afterwards, and they're like, Mikan, why didn't you give him the check? Well, well, we'll give it to him at the next meeting. There wasn't a next meeting, as you probably suspect. He met with Milwaukee. Milwaukee offered him an extra year and four-tenths of a million more. So he signs with Milwaukee. The rest is history. There was also a part that I read that said that Kareem's dad learned of the million-dollar check, and he changed his mind, and he said, no, 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 son, we have to go to this league. We can get a million dollars right now. And he said, no, I made a commitment to Milwaukee in the NBA. We are staying in the NBA. Just imagine if he signs with the ABA, if they just pull out that check and put it down, more likely than not, he signs with the ABA. If he signs with them, he he is when he steps into the league, he's probably the best player in basketball when he joins the league. If not, definitely one of the top five. If not in five years, he's going to be the best guy for seven more. So getting him in your league would have been huge. That would have been enough to have a power swing that might have made the ABA at one point even usurp the NBA and maybe they would have a merger that would be a lot different because the idea of the merger at first was they were copying other sports leagues because the NFL, before it was the NFL with an AFC and an NFC, it was the NFL was one league and the AFL was another. And then they ended up merging and that's how they got to the AFC and the NFC if you can kind of interpret what I just said. So the ABA was saying, we can come up with our own league and then we'll merge, but the ABA will just be like, let's say it would be the Western Conference or something, or, but it would instead be the American Conference and then probably the National Conference, if you get my drift. So that's how big that could have been. That could have changed the way basketball was for the next 50 years and how the league was set up, but it didn't happen, and we're here today, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is one of the greatest players ever, so is Dr. J, so is George Gervin, Connie Hawkins, Spencer Haywood, both Hall of Famers, so is Rick Barry, and that's how impactful some of these signings of the ABA were. That's the podcast. Thank you for listening. Please go rate, review, subscribe, Listen on Spotify, Anchor, Apple, CastBox, Spreaker, pretty much everywhere you can get a podcast. Go follow me on Twitter at JWS Detective. Go follow me on Instagram. Yes, we are new to the gram at JWS Detective. 
feel free if you follow me on those to suggest podcast ideas always looking for a new perspective and a new idea to tackle upcoming events that not events but podcast ideas that i've had are football season predictions where we would do i was planning on doing pro anyway but doing one with each of the power five college football conferences and that also might be the time that i actually have a guest on here i know crazy idea having more than one person do a podcast really weird right well anyway you know what to do please go listen to old podcasts a lot of them are timeless especially now the defending legends the all earth team the nfl offseason stuff that i did the 85 bears john daly please go listen tell your friends tell your family Please stay safe out there, and we will see you next week.